on your part. Here we go. Welcome to the On Track and Field podcast. I'm your host, JT Ayers, all things track and field related. On trackandfield.com. How easy is that? Just spell it out and go there. Google it if you have to. But on trackandfield.com, we have what you need to give your kids and your athletes the best opportunity to succeed. Shoes, socks, it's brand new. And it is so good that On Track and Field is doing this because I'm a recipient of the amazing things that are doing and you can be as well. In fact, on track and field just sent me a starter free lap cone and I've been using that thing like crazy with my athletes. It is a really, really cool technology. Go there and just put the money down. It's an investment that you will not regret the starter free lap and they're having a big stick blowout as well. So crossbars, pole, uh, pole ball poles, we have on track and field has what you need with me right now is Travis Miller. And I'm really excited to talk to him because I've been following his content for months and years because he is the track and field go-to for all things that you need to know about the greatest sport on earth. So Travis is the director of social media at NBC Sports. He's formerly the senior manager of digital marketing at Flow Sports. And again, I have found his content to be worthwhile and great. He definitely uses these platforms in the best way possible. Travis, thank you for joining me. Thank you. It's, it's a pleasure to be here. I'm glad to be a part of the podcast. All right, so let's start with this. NBC, what is your role there? And what is even the director of social media for NBC? What, what is that? Yeah, it, it's a great question. I was actually on vacation with my family uh, about a month ago. Then was with a number of people kind of there, like retired age, and trying to explain <laughs> what a social media director does to people in their 70s and 80s is quite the, quite the conversation. But it's, it's super exciting. For, for me, I now at NBC, I manage the team of individuals who are essentially responsible for all of the actual posting that you'll see go out on all of the NBC branded accounts from NBC Sports to SNF and NASCAR, golf, course, NBC Olympics. And so I manage that team as well as guiding a lot of the, the strategy and goals for you know our season type approach. And what we're doing and really looking ahead already, you know, Paris 2024 is seemed like a long ways away, but it's not that far away. And, you know, really just helping to support the, that team the best we can and continue to grow these sports, you know, specifically through social. Well, it's a no brainer while NBC hired you because you are the person to follow on, especially Twitter. And that's where I got to see the races that nobody would air. Like I got to see what happened in these faraway countries and I got to see what Kung Fu Kenny's doing the 200 or Nora Lyles over there or what Sidney McLaughlin did over here or Ryan Krauser over there. Like you help people be better fans of a sport that frankly is a really hard thing to market. I wish it wasn't, but it is. So what is NBC trying to do by hiring in my opinion, the best social media guy for track and field. What is NBC wanting to do with this sport? Yeah, I totally relate. And that's ultimately where I started with my own, you know, Twitter at least was I was in the same boat as everyone else. Never had any idea what was going on, where it was happening, when it was happening, who was competing. And I found myself just getting lost all the time, trying to follow everything. And then, once I started doing it more and more closely during my time with Mosman and FlowTrack, I just had thought like, why am I just putting all this information into like, you know, docs and spreadsheets and 
all these tools I'm just using for myself. And I figured, you know, I could probably start sharing this with other people and they might like it. And at the time I didn't know if anyone would care or not. And it seems like since it is something which has resonated in a positive way, which, which is awesome because I I've been there. I've seen how difficult it is to follow anything and with how segmented and broken up the sport is. So I think that's been something that's been a real pleasure. And with NBC, it's great because uh, I was listening to one of your previous podcasts. I think it was, you know, with, with Bob from World's Greatest in a similar vein of like the the ultimate endless problem that track and field has in most Olympic sports is for 14 days every four years, you are the center of the planet's attention. And as quickly as it comes, it's gone for four more years. And how do you maintain that interest every day in 365 days out of the year and not just once every four years when that comes around. And so, I mean, that's one of the things I'm most excited about with, with NBC and had met, even now I've been there for about two months and the amount of incredible people I've met and talked to. And it's so exciting because everyone's on the same page with figuring out how do we, you know, establish these sports, more more permanently in a way in which you know for NBC it's obviously all you know the American broadcaster for the Olympics it's one of the all-time sports countries like the U.S. is the leader for you know worldwide sports and for whatever reason the Olympic sports for the most part just haven't clicked year round and that's you know a big part of what we're doing we've already started releasing some uh, Paris 2024 content and trying to figure out how can we relate this sport and contextualize these athletes and these moments, these human beings to people who are watching the NFL, people who are watching NASCAR and golf and all these other sports and pull in the type of audience that, you know, we see every Sunday, 20 million people tune in for the NFL and all those kind of numbers. It's like, we're ne- it's, it's unrealistic to expect to see that for a track broadcast any time in the foreseeable future, but how do we start to, you know, start moving the needle at least in that direction? So good to hear that NBC cares about those things because all the Olympians I've talked to on this podcast or the professional athletes or coaches say that it's a bigger deal in other countries and they're filling stadiums, but the best athletes in the world, and you and I are very biased, but the best track and field athletes in the world are in America. And yet they're getting more recognition and fanfare in these other countries. So it's cool to hear that NBC cares that much about growing the sport, because if they're not doing it, no offense, but it's very hard for like me to pay a subscription of flow sports every single time I want to watch a race or, you know, something like that. So if I can go to my Apple TV and just click an app with NBC and be able to watch these things. And then I have you on social media pushing this content out. That's a good thing. So if I can just speak for the whole audience that's listening and say, thank you, keep doing it. You know, that's what I mean. You know, please keep doing that. Like, what does it look like now? Like, how are you trying to, like, what is the, you know, horizon see, you know, just around the corner? Like, what is NBC trying to do? Make it bigger. What are you working on right now? Yeah. And from like the high level, yeah, having, if you think about like, having someone who is responsible for setting the social media strategy for this massive organization. If that person loves track and field, 
the reality is that's a bonus for the sport, right? <laughs> yeah. Right. It's, it's not like I can personally flip a switch and the entire organization is going to start, you know, pumping track and field 24 seven, but having a person in that role be as passionate about a specific sport is going to help positively influence that down the organization as we see any given time when track and field's happening, it's competing for interest with American audiences, with major league sports, whatever else is going on. But even a few weeks ago, you had all the normal big fall Sunday sports. Then you had the Chicago marathon and Emily Sisson broke the American record. Does someone else know that or know to look for that or pay attention? Who knows? But that was something that I was obviously paying attention to made sure it got to our team and we got some posts out on NBC Sports and the NBC Olympics accounts, which in previous years, maybe it wouldn't have gotten out or it wouldn't have gotten out as quickly after it happened. So there's definitely just an inherent benefit in that, in that, you know, there's going to be a greater influence from that perspective. I think one of the cool things is I mentioned there's a new series that launched just, uh, I think it was in September called Chasing Gold with the that idea being how does the company highlight Olympic athletes now? It's all about building up to Paris 2024. So in 2022, let's start telling stories now and not wait until June of 2024 to try to tell people who these Olympians are. And so in the first episode, Noah Lyles, it was, there's a really great interview with Noah Lyles and Michael Johnson's on there talking to each other. Uh, there's a piece Mike Trico did on Shillian Fraser-Price. And I think one of the cool things about that series, which I really like, is it's hosted by Mariah Taylor. It's hosted by Mike Tirico. It's not hosted by a track and field expert, which mm -hmm. is a good thing because there's like two elements to growing the sport. There's part of it and what makes it so challenging, particularly for track and field. There's a lot of companies doing great work, but it's serving like the existing community. And we should. We should make it easier for the diehard passionate fans to consume the sport, but that doesn't necessarily get us the growth we're looking for and that exposure to new audiences. But if for the people, I mean, Mike Tirico is a legend, right? Like yeah. the American public knows who Mike Tirico is. So to see Mike Tirico, that's something that's going to make people stop and say, Oh, Hey, what's he doing over here? I should probably, I might go pay attention to this. I might watch that or Mariah Taylor. She's the host of Sunday night football. So seeing her talk to Noah Lyles is a little bit different. That sort of also builds a bit of a bridge to the NFL audience that wouldn't be there if it was Otto Bolden per se, or, you know, someone else who the track community wouldn't inherently recognize, but for other people, they don't necessarily know who that is. And it also allows someone like, you know, Mariah Taylor or Mike Tirico are going to have a different type of conversation. It might not be one that track and field experts are going to love people who have followed Noah since, you know, he was at TC Williams in Virginia in high school. Like, are you going to watch that interview and learn some insight you've never heard before? You know, maybe, maybe not, but the goal of that really isn't necessary to accomplish that. Right. It's to think, how can we relate Noah and his moment with Michael Johnson on there was, you know, I had a fun interview. And so I think a big part of it is how do we elevate it and, tell the yeah. stories of these athletes in a way that's not necessarily catering towards the people like you and me, like I'm not going to watch that interview and just be floored by, you know, something like that, but it's more designed towards reaching a broader audience.
I like that because now you're employing good journalism, good, like it's not necessarily because watching Michael Johnson, the former world record holder, American, you know, world record holder, American record holder, and then Noah Lyles beat it by a hundredth. And then he, like, that's fascinating to you and me, but my mom and dad don't care. My athletes that are new to track and field don't care. In fact, it's so sad. They don't know who he, you know, Michael Johnson even is. So I also see NBC and I see you even like posting things like, cause next gen stats is doing stuff with the NFL and um, like Kenneth Walker just ran 22 miles an hour as a ball carrier. And so I traded for him and my fantasy team like that because you posted it. <laughs> and so now we're getting this, like, there's this bridge between the sports that we love and how these athletes like to your credit are saying it's not every four years. These athletes are training all the time, all the year, and they're competing all the time, all year. And so um, we're able to see that all the time and we're able to get these stories out now. That's really, really fascinating. So now I have to ask you, you have a very unique perspective because you see these athletes all the time. You see what they do. You interact with them. So my first question is, what separates the best in the world from everybody else? Like, what have you noticed about the way they conduct themselves? It's really fascinating with athletes and you look at who is at that highest level and what they're operating and how they go about their business. And one of the things that was always interesting to me as someone who was an athlete, but was horribly mediocre, <laughs> right? Like coming in from, you know, you can relate to them to a certain extent, but not really. And when you finally get to interact with athletes at that high level, it's a really mind opening experience to see how they think, how they like go through their day-to-day life. I think the biggest thing was truly confidence. And it's fascinating with how our society, there seems to be this invisible fine line between where we support and celebrate athletes who have confidence and want them to have that confidence. But then as soon as they tow that line and go beyond it, like we tear them down and they're too cocky. And it's such a strange dynamic with like where that line is and when we decide to start attacking people for it, or when we decide to celebrate them for that mindset. I think that's something too. You talk to athletes and talked a ton of sprinters in particular and more of like the short distance and athletes where doesn't matter who I've talked to. Every single one says they're the best athlete in the world. They go into every race and they're going to win. And it's such, mm-hmm. it was something that I think as someone who hasn't been in that position can't relate to because probably we're more realists. Like, Oh, I'm not going <laughs> to beat no Lyles in a race. Like there's no chance. Like he's mm-hmm. his PR is like three times faster than mine. Like, what am I doing here? But every single athlete they're coming in, with that mindset. And I absolutely love that. And I think it really speaks to the type of commitment they have to what they're doing. This isn't some casual, regardless of where they're at or how many titles or records or what their PRs are, every single one of them is as equally committed to the process and committed to like respecting their craft and being there. And that to me has been really fascinating in every event kind of hearing athlete, that mindset, the mental component to me has been one of the coolest things to kind of talk to him about more so than watching them train or going to a practice and see any of that really, I think the mental side of it to me, has been really cool. Oh, that's fun for you to say, because now as a coach, I'm thinking about ways I can instill that with my athletes, but yet you're right because we really value humility, which seems like a lot of track and field athletes have that. But as soon as they tow that line, I know like Fred Curley is always towing that line. Noah Lyles is always towing that line, but we love personality too. So there's always that 
we got to figure out where that line is. So for you, when you look at the male athlete of the year, where who's got your vote? No one. Don't give it out. Don't give it out. What do you mean? No one. It's such a bizarre. Well, the award itself is weird because they give like it's like twenty five percent is based on retweets, and it's like, what is this? <laughs> oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah, it's strange. It's like the World Athletics Council's their votes are fifty percent. The World Athletics Family, which I don't know what that is, is twenty five, and then just retweets are the other twenty five percent. So it's like. I mean, I don't, I don't want to take anything away from whoever wins, but it's like, what are we doing? Like, I don't know what this is. But when you look at it, for the men's side, it's it's just all over the place. There's no, to me, in the women's side, if we can get there, there's a very clear yeah. no-brainer. I know who you're going to say, too. But on the men, there's no one who has, with the exception maybe a Mondo, but it's sort of like he's, that's sort of been his baseline. It's just sort of like being the best and winning everything. Like you can't just give him athlete of the year every year because he's undefeated and breaking records. It's like it's him and there's nobody else. But when you look at all these other athletes, it's very even. Everyone has either won a world title or gotten silver. They've broken records and they've run PRs. They've won indoor, outdoor worlds. Like so, it's like very. There's not like oh, this person has had. There's no doubt that this one is head and shoulders above the rest. I think Lyles has a really good case because of what he did in the 200. Yeah, he's like 12 and 0 right now in the 200 for this year. Yeah, and and one of the most impressive things I think too is that he ne- I think his slowest time is 1998. He yeah. never went over 20 seconds, which even in semis heats it doesn't matter. And that is just incredible and of course the Michael Johnson record falling, like that to me, like the consistency of which he showed up and just ran, ran. Like he didn't jog through. I mean, nineteen nine for him is probably a jog, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But well, I then love you... the fact that like he came up when he put on a show. Like I think to me, there's like a part of this which is like I think about it because the performances are so equal. Because at all these different events, it's like an awesome and a terrible award because you're trying to compare a long jumper to like Ellie Kipchoge or something. Like, how are we supposed to do this? They've all won world titles. They've all set records. They're all national champions. So performance-based, it's very, it's almost impossible to definitively say Noah Wiles had a better season than El Bacali, who went undefeated in the steeple and did the same thing over it. So it's like, how do you truly compare that versus, I think, the larger impact? And Wiles, to me, seems like when I look back in 2022, he's one of those first guys that kind of come to mind of like, oh, yeah, Noah Wiles had a really big impact on this year. Like he was a guy who was sort of top of mind for a lot of fans, not just for like what he did, but how he did it, the type of energy he brought. And that to me is like something that separates someone like him from maybe some of the other athletes who don't necessarily bring that type of presence to the sport. I think in the way that he does. Well, and yeah. And he has the distinct pleasure in, in fortunate to be a sprinter. Whereas like Mondo, He's the best there's ever been. Ryan Krauser is the best there's ever been. And yet we can't just give it to them every year. Right. Okay. So go to, go to the female athlete of the year. I love, I know what you're going to say because you're very vocal about it on social media and to your credit, true. So who's your, who's your female athlete who has separated themselves? I have to give it to Shelly. Okay. Wait, explain to me why Shelly Ann Fraser price to you, and by the way, I'm 100% in agreement with you, oh, deserves that award. Why has she separated herself? It's similar to what I said about no. I think there's no athlete 
that I associate with 2022 more than her. And it's instant. And I think 2022, when that list came out, the first thing I thought of was Shelly and Fraser Price. Like this was, I think I put out a tweet in the video a couple of weeks ago, like 2022 was the year of Shelly and Fraser Price. I think there was no athlete, particularly because of the schedule and when people race, sometimes people sort of come in and they're in the zeitgeist for a few weeks and they're gone. And we don't really know what happened to them. Then they show up a week before worlds and, then they're back into it again, then they drop off again. And it's sort of, and Shelly Ann, she raced so many times. She was running 10 six, like it was nothing from the start of the year till the end. And she was just always there, always consistent. She was always, she was giving great interviews. I think she was really entertaining throughout the whole year, but she was someone who was so consistently active, competing at an outrageously high level. But she was one which there was just never a moment where I felt like there wasn't something happening with Shelly and Fraser Price, where some of the other athletes, it sort of ebbs and flows with her. She was at such a high level from the start, maintained that throughout. And it was just that one where I found like I couldn't, I was no, I was talking about here year round because there was like always something to talk about where sometimes athletes, there's not really much to talk about sometimes. They're just, you know, they're just putting their heads down and training for weeks in, weeks out, which is great. But she was one where there was always just something that was out there. And I love the fact that the Jamaicans have this permanent like chip on their shoulder. And I, I just, you know, the, the back and forth with all the sprinters, like in the Jamaican track and field, just fan base is incredible. It's gotta be one of the most passionate fan bases, like any sport in the world. It's one of like my favorite things. And the, and like that adds like so much to it as well. There's like a different dynamic with, I think the way in which some of like, the sprint fan bases just talk to each other and interact with each other. That just adds like a way more like combative and just fun and like energy to the sport, which you don't necessarily get in other places. When I love the fact that track and field, there's so much mutual respect between people, but at the same time, like fans want something that's also going to get a go a bit. They want something that you don't want, never want people to like really be going after each other. But I think you get that more in the sprints than you do necessarily maybe in a distance or field events. And so I, I like that. And she always just finds herself at the center of it, not in a bad way, but that's just because what people are talking about. And to me that she was just that one athlete that was just ever present in 2022 and the amount of success she had on top of it. It's, there are a lot of incredible athletes on, on the women's side, but none that I think quite sort of put their stamp on the year like she did. Well, gosh, we didn't get to talk about Michael Norman and Wade Van Niekirk or Sidney McLaughlin. We didn't get to talk about any of this stuff. <laughs> Travis, we're going to have to have you back. And we're going to, because a lot right now, there's this lull where a lot of the athletes are resting before they start hitting up that training cycle again to hit the Olympic yep. circuit in the next summer. So, um, I'm sorry, two summers from now, but hit the diamond league circuit next year. So we're going to have to talk again. Having you on was an absolute blast. Can you kind of walk the audience through where we can find more about you? And I'll definitely be posting about your social media, but um, help us understand where we can follow more about NBC and what you have to do on social media. Sure. Um, on all of the socials, but Certainly most active on Twitter at Travis Miller X13 on Twitter. It's the same tag across all the platforms. So that, that's definitely the, the main spot where I try to keep things updated, though I am moving over. I think one of the things I'm excited about with NBC2, where with Flow Sports, people who may not have known me directly, indirectly, 
you know, I basically was responsible for all the flow track and miles went for almost eight years. So even if you didn't follow me, you probably, I probably was delivering your track news through, you know, flow track or something else on social, but I didn't have time to really do much outside of that with NBC because I'm, I'm not tied to actually posting stuff. I've got more time to do other things. And so probably going to be launching some new stuff on, on TikTok in the coming weeks around track and field as well. So I'll just do that through my same same handle as I have on Twitter. So I'm excited to start experimenting there and trying to find new ways to continue to kind of raise track exposure and deliver some track content. Awesome. Thanks, Travis, for helping us out and becoming more fans of the sport. That's the best that there is. Um I can't wait to have you on again. You're a great interview, great conversation. Man, I feel like I can talk to you for hours. So um, without further ado, just want to make sure on trackandfield.com and relaybatons.com, we will get you what you need. Um, Relay Batons, um, they're amazing. They're actually going to send Travis a gift just for coming on the podcast. And uh, we're so grateful to have you on. And so without further ado, he's not the athlete of the world, but he's definitely the CEO of the year. That is Steve. Take us away. Thanks, JT. And thanks to our guest, Travis Miller, for joining us on this week's On Track and Field podcast. As always, the On Track and Field podcast is powered by RelayBatons.com, the perfect place for last-minute Christmas gifts. We offer custom-engraved Relay Batons, which are meat and competition legal, and personalized water bottles, tumblers, and coffee mugs. Ideal for coaches' gifts, athlete swag, or keeping your team hydrated. And by OnTrackAndField.com, the coach's choice for outfitting your team and athletes with the latest track and field and cross-country gear spikes training shoes recovery products apparel and more on trackandfield.com has everything you need for your upcoming track season and you can save up to 15 percent on your entire order when you use the word track talk at checkout some gear and equipment not eligible for the discount and make sure to check us out on our socials at on track the letter n field at on track and field on twitter and the gram and from our family to yours we wish you a very merry holiday season and here's to hoping your 2023 season is definitely on track (laughs) see what i did there